And the Oscar goes to... Blessed Picture, a podcast where we explore underrated or off-the-wall movies we think are totally blessed. I'm your host, Shelby Morin. And I'm your other host, Sky Payne. And this week, we're beginning our new miniseries, Blessed Giving. Three weeks of films recommended or blessed by three different directors during the month of November. We used articles, letterbox lists, and criterion lists to make our picks. The first of our three movies is a pick from Barry Jenkins' Criterion Closet. This week, get your marigold arch ready because we're diving into Mira Nair's Monsoon Wedding from 2001. And this week, we are so blessed to have on the podcast today one of my favorite people, pop culture writer Monica Menon. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yay. Welcome. I was thinking of who to invite for this episode, and I was like, I know the perfect person to <laughs> be on my podcast is it appropriate to say that I feel blessed to be invited? <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Yeah, because we, when we were looking through movies to do, we had one immediately like in mind. We're like, okay, this is perfect. Can't wait to do that. And then it was like, okay, we have one director. Now we have two other directors. And then the third director was Barry Jenkins. And we're like, what movie do we pick? And we kind of like, we're like trying to figure out. And I found his Criterion video and he had a bunch of stuff in there. Like Ratcatcher was like the other one. And then he said Monsoon Wedding. And I was like, what is that? I need to look. And then I saw, oh, okay. It's by the same director as Queen of Katwe, which is a movie I did see in theaters. I actually have not seen that one. It's, I also haven't seen it. The curse of the curse of Mira Nair movies, I will tell you, is that they are so hard to find. Like they're just like yeah. not oh, yeah. streaming anywhere. Yeah, I watched this on Peacock. Like I had to activate yes. my free Comcast Peacock account to watch this. Wow. <laughs> I also watched it on Peacock. I didn't even know it was on there. That's like game changing. I yeah. watched this during. So yeah, I have only seen this once, and it was earlier in quarantine and I literally have one of my friends Amazon accounts because he used to work at Amazon and like bought a bunch of movies for free and so he just like has all of these movies so I watched a bunch of stuff and this happened to be one of them because it's like especially with Indian people like monsoon wedding is like something that was like pretty big for us because it was like kind of a crossover event and then yeah. I just like never saw it so I was like okay like I need to remedy this at some point and so I did and here we are. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And I'm really glad we picked this because I really enjoyed this movie. Like, yeah, genuinely I absolutely loved it. had a great time. And I didn't know what to expect going in. I mean, I had some vague ideas just because I had seen Queen of Katwe, which is a good movie, but it's very like sort of, I think, a little, I don't want to say dumbed down because that's not the right word. It's a little bit watered down because it is like a Disney movie. So it's maybe not the typical kind of stuff she would do. So she can't really go the places maybe thematically or, you know, maybe cinematically even like as she would with a movie like this. So I just didn't know if that was like a true like picture of like who she is as a director. And then I saw this and like, okay, I understand now how the two connect for sure. Before we get too into it, let's get into our blessed movie of the week. 
Um, so this week I watched Bringing Up Baby for the first time, which is <laughs> Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant. And I had no idea what it was. Um, I didn't know that Baby was a leopard. Yeah, <laughs> you texted me that. It was like an actual baby like all these years. And my face when I realized it was a leopard. <laughs> it was the same energy as when I found out that Goodwill Hunting was not about hunting, but in fact about a man named Will Hunting. That was the same energy I felt. But it was like you know. a delightful, like enemies to lovers rom-com. Like I had a great time watching it. So I highly recommend. Yeah, that I did laugh out loud when you sent me that text. I was like, Oh, she didn't know like the titular baby was in fact not a baby. She knew, she did not know it was a leopard. I mean, I which... was today years old. I did not know that. I've never <laughs> seen it. So that makes me feel better because everyone who I talked to was like, "How did you not know that?" And I was like, "I don't know. No clue. Had no idea." <laughs> Very delightful. It is on Amazon. I highly recommend. Shelby, what was your best movie of the week? Um, mine. I want. I don't want to necessarily call it blessed because it's not a blessed movie, in that it's deeply upsetting. Um, but I watched the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually had watched it last year, but I didn't, or maybe two years ago, but I didn't finish it. And I came back to it. I was like, okay, it's on Criterion Channel. I'm gonna go for it. And I was. I was like watching it while I was like baking or cooking or something. And then it was starting to get dark and I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I have to watch something else. So I turned it to like great British bake off for a couple hours. What about my business? And then the next day I was like, I should finish that. And then I didn't. And then I returned to it literally like yesterday to finish it. And it's really good. I mean, I understand exactly why people hold it in such high regard and like what it means for horror movies in general in terms of cultural significance, but like deeply upsetting still. Like it's really effective. Um, The dinner scene alone is like, will haunt me forever. It's just truly upsetting. And I do not want to take a road trip with anyone for a very long time. Yeah. I, I was forced to watch this in a class in college. And I asked the professor, I was like, please don't make me watch a scary movie. And they were like, no, you have to. So I was just like in like the, like a basement, like room in like Rodica knows the MLB, like literally watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I was like, this is it's my the horror nightmare. scene. The MLB literally. is a horror scene already. So there's a murder that's for sure like, happened there. This is so disrespectful to me personally. And I didn't sleep for like three days. It was really sad, but the movie was good. I have to admit. Yeah. It's shot really effectively for sure. Yes. I don't yeah. do horror. I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that one's, I think, the bleakest one you could watch, too. It's yeah. truly so upsetting. <laughs> You're really selling it to me right now. <laughs> well, I mean, there's chainsaws, and it's a massacre. Yeah. It tells you there's a massacre. So. They are very upfront with what it is, <laughs> what we're getting into. <laughs> no false advertising. Radhika, have you watched anything this week you would consider blessed? I mean, I don't know. It wasn't this week. Can I do last week? Because I don't. Yeah. yeah. Um, I watched After Hours, which is the Martin Scorsese movie. Yeah. That has been recommended to me by like every person I know. And I found it on HBO yes. Max. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. It was so good. I was very impressed. Like it was 
disturbing on so many levels and it paints New York in a way I was just like wow I've left New York and I don't think I ever want to go back um but basically it's this guy that just like meets this girl at a coffee shop and then later that night decides to meet up with her at like midnight and then like a whole bunch of batshit stuff happens in like lower Manhattan and it's like pre like it's obviously like pre credit cards and all that stuff so he just kind of gets stranded in lower Manhattan and he lives on the Upper East Side so I like know that struggle very well but usually I can just like call an Uber (laughs) it's just like it's good (laughs) and so I was like it was like honestly like kind of a horror movie in that way where I was like wow this is my nightmare um but it was so good I highly recommend it I don't know if I'd call it blessed either but yeah Yeah. it was great (laughs) That's one Martin Scorsese that I've Same. not seen, so I will bump it up, especially now that it is on HBO yeah. Max. Yeah. Shout out to HBO Max, who has so many good movies, so shockingly. Good. Like, they really have a great lineup. We're not sponsored. I just <laughs> like HBO Throwback, Throwback to when um, we were watching along uh, with the Nora Ephron movies for blank check mm. and I the most yeah. embarrassing thing I've ever done is when I went on Twitter and tweeted anyone who has HBO Max will you please let me borrow your credentials just for 24 hours I just need to watch the movie Michael starring John Travolta I will never use it ever again please I'm begging you <laughs> truly an awful movie like I watching Michael was like a uniquely awful experience I woke up like I fell asleep and then I like woke up and like a dog was dying and I was like what the and fuck am I watching I really hated it I haven't even heard of this movie don't watch it John Travolta plays like an angel but like the the whole like quirk of it is the fact that he's like edgy like he has a beer gut and he like smokes cigarettes and he sleeps with women and that's like the entire thing like that's what makes it so exciting and unique it's like oh he's an angel but he's horny like that's it it's really bad shockingly it did like well when it came out which is so upsetting like I don't know what people were doing in the year it came out but like I all like please like seek help (laughs) like that movie was so upsetting to watch I couldn't believe it it was truly like the opposite of like the experience of watching Monsoon (laughs) Wedding in which I was just like I love this movie and I'm having a great time watching it, even though some parts of it are very sad, but it still is a good movie overall. Yeah. Loved it. And unlike Michael, it's on a streaming service that does not exist (laughs) called Peacock. Peacock. (laughs) I couldn't believe that this was on. Like, I was like, what a strange choice for streaming platform for these rights. Okay. But I am happy it's easily accessible. Peacock is wild because she'll go from having like, oh, the entirety of like the universal horror films. And then it's like, or the classic monster movies. And then it's like, oh, Alfred Hitchcock. And then it'll be like, I don't know, uh, Smiley Face or whatever that movie is called. Like, it's just like the most random collection of things. It's very strange. Um, I also watched... The original Cape Fear on it a couple months ago. Someone just mentioned that movie to me today. Yeah, why is that movie making a reappearance? Like, why is that popping up? I've also never seen it, so, like, I don't know anything about it. But I have seen now the original, and I tried to watch the Martin Scorsese version. I didn't finish it. Now, that's mostly just because I got distracted and moved on. But, I mean, it's a good movie. And, I mean, 
they also did a parody of it on The Simpsons, which I saw first. So <laughs> that speaks to my cultural diet. I, I couldn't even tell you what Cape Fear is about. Honestly, add that to the I list gonna, of movies. I was going to say, like, I would love to just guess what that movie is about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you want to guess this week and I'll guess my movie no, next no, you, week, you please feel it. free. To play it. <laughs> I don't want to steal your thunder, I I can wait till next week for sure um, because I have no brain cells and I'm just like out here living my life. <laughs> this was... So let's talk. I had never heard of this movie until like Barry Jenkins talked about it, which is kind of surprising because I feel like I do have like a vague awareness of Bollywood movies. And I feel like this was like very big at the time. I don't know. Radhika, you can like speak more yeah. to this. I feel like I, I wouldn't call it Bollywood. It's very different. Um, yeah, so, that's true. I mean, I have I've heard of it since it came out. I just like somehow never saw it. Um, like I was saying earlier, it's like a pretty big like title I would say in just like Indian circles um one of the first crossover movies that like kind of like they're not shying away from like the culture and the language and all of that and yet it still kind of had a western audience and honestly I feel like that didn't happen again until Slumdog Millionaire so Mm -hmm. it's like very few and far between that actually make and I guess Lagan got nominated for an oscar in 2004 but like not the same right so like that Mm -hmm. one's actually bollywood so it's very different um so i mean i have been aware of it for a very long time just like somehow missed it it like became a musical like this person that i was like interning with in new york like was directing it (laughs) on like i don't know she was like involved in somehow i don't remember um so it's like a very big title like in the community so it holds a lot of weight. Yeah, it was supposed to like be on Broadway yeah. in the West End like in 2020, and, and then, then yeah. here we are. Yes, so. but it started at Berkeley Rep in 2017. Like that's where they did the preview, mm-hmm. and like Berkeley Rep shows always like go on, like American Idiot, etc. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in her like, I watched the 20 minute masterclass about Monsoon Wedding, and she was like. I, like, wanted to show the balance of, like, family life, but, like, also, like, trauma and joy and make it smaller and more relatable mm-hmm. than most Bollywood movies to make it more accessible is what yeah. she said. So I mean, thinking about – not to – we're spoiling, right? Like, we're talking about everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. 100%. So, like, talking about the, like, the plot with, like, the uncle and the niece, mm-hmm. like, molesting. Yeah. Yes. Like, that shit does not get talked about in Bollywood movies. Like – none of like none of those serious types of topics so it's really important to have directors like this who are showing the Indian perspective but like showing it in a realistic way because Bollywood really love it to death like I am a huge Bollywood fan but like the stories are not always realistic it's very dramatized but in like an acceptable way like not Mm. we're not talking like drama in a real sense you know yeah, there's no, like, taboo topics. Exactly. It's just, like, everything is, like, done. Yeah, and, and I mean, happiness. that's changing, obviously. Like, I don't want to make a blanket statement, but, like, stereotypically, yeah, like, Bollywood is very, like, aiming for fun more than mm-hmm. aiming to, like, talk about societal issues. Yeah. Right, and I feel like one of the reasons why this movie is so blessed is because it balances, like, all of the trauma and, like, very, like, real things with, like, all of this real celebration that you want these people to have. Like, everything about it feels very authentic to these characters. And I 
enjoyed it so much. Yeah. And I, I, like you said, it balances all of that really, really well. And it never, like when it goes for those moments, when it's talking about trauma and it's talking about the stuff with Rhea and Tej and Aaliyah, it's like, it, it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like the movie is like, oh, we have to like make this deep statement here. Or we have to have this really traumatic thing come yeah. to light. It It is a natural progression, the way that it's sort of woven into the story, like from minute one when Rhea sees him, it's like this immediate connection with the viewer and what's happening on screen. Like, oh, there's a history here and there's things bubbling under the surface the whole time. And then everything kind of comes to a head near the end of the movie. And so you never feel like, oh, this is like left field. Like, wow, this is weird. Like this just came out of nowhere. They're trying to like really force something. It all feels very natural. A hundred percent. Something else I really liked about the writing as well was that um, I like that the different sort of portrayals of like love and like how it can form and like, you know, you have this like organic sort of relationship forming between um, Alice and PK. And then you have like, obviously Aditi and Hamant and they have this arranged marriage that they're both going into and they don't really know each other. And she has the baggage obviously with like her ex who's married. And then it's like, she's not really super jazzed about going into this, but she wants to do it anyway. Like she's headset on doing it, but it's like never like, it's never like something that she seems to be particularly passionate about, at least in regards to him. And then by the end, it's like this really like beautiful, really passionate relationship. And then obviously you have the familial love bonds between family members. And then even like with Rhea at the end and like sort of this like freedom and this like self-love and this like now that he's no longer there and she's revealed this horrible secret, it's like she feels such a freedom. And I really love all of those things coming together in this movie, which is ultimately, I mean, a love story. Yes. And I also, so there's two things that like really stood out to me as like, oh, this is why Barry Jenkins like really loves this movie. Number one, I feel like is the use of color. Like truly Mir and I are invented color. (laughs) Everything was stunning. I was like, yes, go off. And that paired with like all of the stuff about like relationships Mm -hmm. and things, I feel like is very much a through line in all of Barry Jenkins movies. And I just really love that. And that was, I basically wrote the same thing, the color and like emotion because his work is so emotional and he's also really good at balancing like a bunch of different characters and like how they all connect to one another. I mean, Beale Street is, you know, a really good testament to that, especially, which I mean, that is also clearly inspired by In the Mood for Love, which is a really beautiful, very lush movie as well. But um, the color thing in general also, like what I love about this movie too, is that it's, because I feel like a lot of early 2000s movies I tend to have this very flat look to them, like 90s and early 2000s. And like, I don't know the technical stuff. So like, I can't be like, oh, this is why. But like a lot of movies sort of look the same from that time. And But it's like this, what's so great is that even though it does have a little bit of that flat look to it, it's like the colors are still like so vibrant. Everything is so beautiful. Like even the really simple shots of like, when like Aditi and uh, Aditi and um, Vikram are in the car and it's raining and it's like still a really beautiful shot. And like when PK is on the roof, yeah. mm-hmm. it's like really gorgeous. And it's just, it also helps that like all the costumes are so beautiful and like the sets are beautiful and it's yeah. just full of color and it's so vibrant. I was going to say, you can't really have 
a movie about Indian weddings without it <laughs> being very colorful because that's just like yes. kind of what the cult like what the culture is. But at the same time, like they do balance it because there are like serious topics and things like that, and like you don't want to be like in your face with color in those yes. moments, right? But they balance right. it really well. Yeah. Um, I didn't think of that. So also, she's said that like all of the set decorations were like from like people on the crew and like her friends houses like she just like, oh I believe it used it all really <laughs> authentically and I was like really like that's so incredible and also they had to like reshoot the whole like end wedding yes. scene because like a bunch of film got like ruined by an x-ray in an airport oh, no. which is insane yeah Wow. Um, so they redid that entire thing, but their budget was 1.2 million, and they box office was 30 million. So like, oh, they also yeah. had to they, they also had to like re like re raise money to shoot the end, which yeah. is like wow. wow, it's a miracle that they pulled all that off. Like I can't even imagine the frustration after having that yeah. happen. And right, and like to go on and like win the Golden Lion and get a Golden Globe nom is like truly yeah. incredible. And also, uh, just a quick thing on the color as well. I also noticed there is a very clear sort of like the way that she's able to contrast the warm because there's a lot of warm in this movie. But like when you go into the city, it's like very blue and like, you know, maybe yes. some greens and stuff in there, but largely blue, which is, you know, cool colors versus the warm colors, which I found really interesting. Even like the opening title sequence which is like this kinetic like typography and like lines and like movement kind of a thing I found really interesting and it all just reminded me because I did see like I mentioned saw Queen of Katwe and that movie too even though it's a Disney movie is very beautiful and very luscious as well so it's like I can see her as a director very clearly in terms of like visual style she loves color regardless of setting she's very vibrant and very lush and I really love that especially as like a graphic designer I'm like all about the color yes also just something that I thought was really funny is like there's like a moment when you're like oh like this is like the beginnings of like emailing people and like being online and it's just like the little sprinkles of it I'm like oh this is like such a 2001 movie in like a very nice way like I really enjoyed watching it like (laughs) being like oh this is oh I forgot we did that yeah like when uh when PK is like basically trying to explain email to Alice but it's like she knows what email is (laughs) she's like oh yeah like email yeah it's truly incredible and in general I like this movie is like like we talked about how it you know balances like the more light stuff with like the dark but it's also very funny and it's also really good at balancing the million characters that are in this movie Because there's so many people and you're getting introduced to so many people. And what Mm -hmm. I love is that like the way that they seamlessly sort of introduce people. Because it's like there's no like long exposition of like this is so and so and they're from blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, oh, no, this is like, you know, this character is this person's cousin or this person is this character's nephew or something. And it's just immediately and you're like, okay, registered. And everybody has such distinct personalities and kind of has like. A little moment and like the side characters here are really great like uh cl who's uh pimmy is uh that's her brother and he's like the first time we see him he's like in the bathroom and he's like singing and like spraying himself with cologne yes. and like spraying it in his face i thought that was hilarious he's like truly like hamming it up and i'm like yes live your life thank you so much for your work sir him. it's really incredible um, also loved like the the guy like during the dance sequence like he just is like i'm gonna dance with her and he just like starts yes just yes. like starts hopping in before of course yeah. you know 
<laughs> Rahul is like, hold on a second. I'm going to have my A Star is Born moment here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, let's talk about the dancing because I did really love it. Like, obviously, this is not like a typical Bollywood movie, which is like all singing, dancing, like non-diegetic numbers. Mm-hmm. Like this was like diegetic and like also done very well in like a very understated way. I really enjoyed watching it. I was like, I'm having a blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's very true to what an Indian wedding is. Like, if you go to an Indian wedding, there are there's like a program at the reception. <laughs> so it was I mean, it's been a while since I watched it and I should have rewatched it for this, but like other than the last like the wedding scene, was there other sequences? It was just that, right? No, that's yeah. That. So yeah. I mean, very true to like you can't do a movie about an Indian wedding without dancing. So Yeah. Yeah, because there's you know, there's like songs. Like when they're at the dinner, they all sing. Yeah. That's really it fun mm-hmm. and lovely and then you have like when all the women are together and they're like oh singing. yes I loved that yes. scene beautiful and scene Aditi looks like she wants to like die <laughs> she's like so over yeah. it she's like please lord get me out of here and I'm like girl please yeah I mean I, I feel for her <laughs> I get it <laughs> yeah for sure but, like on the note of like what you were saying with the characters like I feel like they developed the relationships really well too like because there are so like you said there are so there's so much going on in this movie like there's at least I think five or six relationships that you need to keep track of but it's like very easy to do that and like in lesser hands I think we would all be lost (laughs) and like we'd be like what is happening yeah and like that's like credit to both the screenwriter and the director honestly like Mm -hmm. it's really hard to thread the needle on that kind of stuff so props to them yes yeah and the editors too like it really is like seamless and you don't feel like sometimes when I'm watching it in an ensemble movie I get like really stressed trying to figure out who is who how are these people connected like what's the most important thing for me from these storylines to learn and like they do it so seamlessly that I'm like okay this is what I need to know these are who these people are and it doesn't like require me to like think any deeper than like what is happening on screen and I really appreciated that oh and in general like it's also really important that like the acting has to really sell it too because everybody in this movie like you watch it and you're like these people have known each other for years like they have relationships it's it feels very organic it feels real like I believe 100% that these people have histories with one another they know each other they love each other you know and it's Especially, like you mentioned, like, there's these, like, five or six, like, main, like, relationship storylines that you have to follow along with. And if those don't work, then it's, like, the rest of the movie is, like, nothing. And it's so important, especially for Aditi and Rhea and her, sort of, her anger at Tej, that has to work. And then Alice and PK and then Lalit and his 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 family like it's it's so many things you have to keep track of but it's also like you need these people to feel real you need them to convey these relationships and what's crazy about that is like most of those actors are like they haven't really they didn't really do much before and they haven't really done much since yeah Yeah. literally just the guy who played Lalith is um Nasruddin Shah who is like a big Bollywood actor yeah everyone else actually maybe the mom too I can't remember off the top of my head but pretty much like Aditi like Rahul Thage like all of those people are like I've never seen them again honestly yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so it's just like which is like kind of yeah sad. it's wild because it's like you see that like the chemistry is very palpable like you mentioned across the board 
Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy that they either like chose not to act after or just like have been in things that we haven't seen or like whatever yeah. it might be. It's just like crazy to me that like I'm not more aware of their careers. I know. And I feel like uh, it's just like they everybody sells their relationships like perfectly like there's not like one like person I'm like oh that person is like the weak link of this film like I feel like everybody is equally carrying the load Mm -hmm. and it's like also really great because like these storylines too like you have to care about them like you need to and like the thing about an ensemble movie it's so easy to be like oh I don't care about this storyline like I don't care about what's happening with these people but for me I was like engaged with every single person you know it's like everyone has a purpose everyone has has their place and you know even though you have like like three out of like the five or however many like main storylines like doing a lot of heavy lifting and and being more emotional you know even with like (laughs) like the dance stuff like the dance rehearsals and like Varun's like interest in wanting to dance and like an icon amongst everybody i, I love so that much. scene <laughs> and like aisha and like and rahul being horny for each other you're like yes like this is what i need I get it yes please <laughs> um yeah one of my favorite lines is when varun tells him that the betrayal of your erect dick i was like <laughs> legend give him a fucking oscar legend. like a true legend love that kid it's so good literally like uh, i don't even know how many minutes i was into the movie but i texted this guy and i was like this is a varun stan account <laughs> literally like he's truly an icon Incredible. that was like one of my favorite like parts but yeah i think about like ensemble movies like love actually in which like Ugh. i don't give a fuck about the colin firth storyline so sorry <laughs> if anybody does but i truly don't care i'm watching it i'm like this is this part is so boring to me and I just love that like every part of this movie like kept me engaged and kept me like wanting to mm-hmm. watch and also the runtime is like not that long like it's an hour 54 minutes like that is like very digestible and I feel like a lot of ensemble movies like feel the need to like add length to the Nashville. film to, like flesh out some yes <laughs> three hours yes. long <laughs> To, like, flesh out these storylines that, like, don't need, like, shouldn't need to be fleshed out. So I appreciate the brevity and how, like, intimate everything mm-hmm. feels. I really love it. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. Did you yes. buy the relationship between Aditi and Haymonth at the end? So I said, I said, I'm glad they're finally vibing, <laughs> but I'm not sure if I buy it fully but I'm glad they've started to vibe is what my note was my thing was that it was like you know like when they were starting to like finally like get each other I was like oh this is like great but I also thought to myself will they be happy will this last because it's like almost just like they get to like the passion stage almost like by the end of the movie it's like they're not even like really like in love it's like in lust at this point so, yeah. and it was just interesting to hear her attitude too about like wanting to move to America where it was just like, I just want to leave. Like, I'm fine. Like, I don't care. Yeah. It's interesting watching yeah. it with like a Western lens for sure. Because like, obviously I was born and raised in the States. So like, I would absolutely never have an arranged marriage, but my parents had one. So I kind of have like that perspective too, where I'm mm-hmm. like, 
I would never do this. No one my age that I know would ever do this. <laughs> but like, yeah. here we are watching this movie of someone my age that is doing it and is like yeah. fine with it. And I think what's really special about the way that they portray it is that the dialogue between Haymonth and Aditi is like kind of like they've done it in a way where they're very open with each other about their past. So it's yes. like there's no judgment. And there's kind of just like a look to the future and it's like an alignment of their values. Mm-hmm. And I think yes. at the end of the day, like that's the success of really any marriage. It just takes yeah. Western couples a lot longer to have those conversations, I think. Yeah, definitely. And so yeah, it. I was kind of surprised by myself for buying it at the end because I totally did. Like I was yeah. like, get rid of Vikram. He sucks. Like leave him yeah, in that car. He sucks. <laughs> Um, yeah, let's let's like get into yeah. that because I at the beginning of the movie I was like, oh no, this girl is hooking up with this god awful man. <laughs> when he like tells her like call me when they're like making out in like the TV station, I was like, run away, please run away. When Rhea's in like the cab with her like talking, like I was like, listen to Rhea, she is correct do not do this and I was like very worried for like the first part that she wasn't gonna tell same him Mm -hmm. but she was like I was like same I thought it was gonna end up with like her running away with him or something I was like so nervous especially like after the scene when they're like in the rain in the car and she's like he's gonna tell me I'm a slut and I should get lost and I was like oh I'm so uncomfortable like please and I hate that um, I, sometimes I felt bad for a man. I don't like <laughs> feeling bad for men. Yeah. That's like not something I enjoy doing. Just like never. <laughs> yeah. But I did. I felt kind of bad for him. But also I felt like he was like so open mm-hmm. about it. And I feel like he was like very kind about it. Yeah. And they like at the end, like when they like run off to like make out during the wedding and like they're vibing. I'm like, oh they're cute. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. I yeah, I um like when she kept going to like call him, like at the dinner when she tried like yeah. when she goes to try and call him and his wife picks up and then when she goes and like when they're like shopping and she goes to like the phone booth and is like trying to call him again but she gets caught I was just like girl please stop love yourself you cannot start off your marriage like this I'm also like he's an engineer from Houston and very attractive like he has it all like you are doing fine with him like Vikram is an (laughs) asshole who is just like so sleazy like Get rid he of looks him like forever. he wears like the worst cologne possible. Like it burns your nose hairs, but it's like really expensive, <laughs> you know? So it's like, yeah. And when she drove yeah. off, I was like, thank God. I was like, let's do this. <laughs> I know. And she like throughout the whole thing, I'm like, oh, she feels so apathetic towards everybody. Like when I like mentioned when like everybody is singing and she's like, she's in her own world. So over everything, contemplating her whole damn life and I'm just like I feel so bad that you are like in this position but like please like realize that your fiance is actually a good person because like and like from maybe like scene two with her where she's like in the car with Rhea and it's like they're talking about how she's getting this arranged marriage and like Rhea's like you're not ready for it and like why are you going through with an arranged marriage and she's basically just like I 
you know, I want to settle, but I don't want to wait to see if Vikram's going to leave his wife or whatever. And, you know, Rhea's like, you don't have to do this. And then my favorite, though, is that she then pulls a, you know, you're a virgin who can't drive on her because she's like my older unmarried cousin. Now, what would she know about passion? I was like, damn. She bodied her. You didn't have to do her like that. Oh, my God. Everyone does Rhea very badly. When they're like, oh, she wants to be a creative writer. Like, there's no money in that. I'm like, let her run. <laughs> Just getting dunked on by everyone. The struggle. Even the kid. Even yeah. Leah is like, you know, like oh dunking my God, on yeah. her for not being married. Precocious as fuck. <laughs> Literally. I know. Everybody is dunking on her. And I'm like, let Rhea study in America. Let her go be a creative writer. Like, she can do it if she wants to. I felt so bad for her. Everyone was so mean to her about being single and like wanting I'm, to be like, a writer. This is my life. Like literally. <laughs> like it's literally right. That is literally my life. Although, you know, I have a little bit more support, but it's like, hmm, your your clock's ticking. Yeah. They're like, um, Radhika, <laughs> are you getting married anytime soon? Dating anybody? Answer is no. But you are writing. So yes. here we are. My one true love. So I would like to talk about her parents because I think they are so sweet and I Mm -hmm. really love them. And I feel for her father who, when he has to like go golfing with his friends and like ask them to pay for the wedding, I feel so bad for him. (laughs) It is like so uncomfortable to watch because you're just like, I know it's heartbreaking. He just wants the best. And like, what's so great too is like, I think with his relationship with Rhea, is like really special too because it's like yeah that's his niece but it's like she is like a daughter to him like truly they have such a special sweet mm-hmm. bond and that to me was like just every single time they like interacted I was just so happy like especially like when she was like yeah I want to be a creative writer and he's like yeah I believe in you like go follow your dreams basically yes. like dude I believe in you you can do that I I just I love that so much to see him be this supportive father figure to her after she's lost her real father. Yeah. That was another thing that I felt like was written really well because honestly, at first I was confused about like who Rio was in the whole like picture of the family. And then it became clear and I was like, Oh, like he is like acting as the father figure in her life. And is like, like you said, very supportive and like basically the person that she needs after like all of the trauma that she's been through. Um, but it's really subtle the way it comes across. At the end, those scenes that they have together where he's like begging her to come back to the wedding and he's like sort of dealing with the information that he's received from her that like, oh yeah, like I was groomed by your brother-in-law and like the way that he has to play with like, well, I need his money and like I need his approval and I can't just like oust him, but also like I believe you and I support you and that like push and pull and like, you're like, well, like, and you understand that struggle and that frustration and the desperation for her, you know, or for him to want her to come back. But that at the end, when he fully is like, no, we're done. He's gone from the wedding. It was like such like, to me, like a true like triumph of a moment to see him really stand up for her. Yes. I was like, yes. Yeah. There was a real moral push and pull. Cause like, like you said, it's like a financial which is very immoral in my mind personally um, yeah. <laughs> versus like what's actually right. And it, you can see the struggle too, which is like, and you can understand both sides of it. Cause it's like, on the one hand, it's like, 
his daughter is getting married. Like he can't afford to have this wedding. Um, but on the other hand, it's like literally like someone who is essentially your daughter has like been assaulted by someone in the family. Like how do you, and how do you like thread the needle between like what you, like what you can do in the moment versus like, and you, and most people don't want to cause a scene at some, in something like this. Right. So it's like, you have to be really, you have to balance that really well. And at the end, obviously he didn't because he, he's just like, you're gone. Um, <laughs> but but it was like – it wasn't something where I was like, oh, my God, like how could he even think about like not supporting her? Because at, at the same time, it's like, yeah, he should, but he has like other obligations that he mm-hmm. needs to tend to that are valid. And it's not just like I just want money. It's like I need money for something very specific that is very important yeah. to this family. And yeah, right. Yeah, so like the stakes of it were were valid in my mind. Yeah. And it's like it's like the wedding is happening then. It's not like, yes. oh, like it's in a month or two. It's like, no, it's happening right now. Like I need the money now. It's kind of like a desperate right. time. It's like a, we don't have any other way to pay for this wedding. And I, it's like they portray it so well, especially with this couple of like how stressful family gatherings are and how much like pressure is on families like they're like oh we can't look bad in front of the in-laws and she's like stress anxiety smoking in secret which I really I was like yeah I relate to that like I get that I get where you're at in life like I understand and it like like when the power goes out and everyone is like panicking and it feels very overwhelming it's just done so well that you're like I completely understand these people's motivations yeah like you said, like the smoking thing is really funny, and I love that she's like flushing it down the toilet. And it's yes. like, oh yeah. my god, the mom is a whole mood. <laughs> uh, whole mood. I was like, yeah, yeah vibes for sure. <laughs> There's like a similar moment in Christmas Vacation when Beverly D'Angelo is like smoking after the in-laws have arrived, and it's like her mom, who's played by Doris Roberts, is like, "Are you smoking again?" She goes, "No, mother." And then she takes like a giant knife and chops a head of lettuce in half, like after <laughs> throwing out the cigarette. I was like, I love that trope. There's just something so fun about that to me. I know. Like, anxiety smoking mothers in movies is a trope that, honestly, smoking's bad, kids, sure, but love the trope. (laughs) And also, in general, like, you really need um, him in particular to really work. And, like, like, the movie is even though there's like a lot of time spent on the different relationships, I feel like the movie is really his movie and then like Aditi's movie. And then by the end, it's Rhea's movie. It's like really interesting to see the movements between Mm -hmm. those three in particular. And it makes sense that like, he's the most established actor. Cause like you said, he's kind of the backbone of like a lot of these stories and like, yeah, like everyone has their own really robust storyline, but like it's kind of the driving force. Cause if he doesn't get this money, like there's no wedding. Yeah. Um, and so, that's the whole Exactly. Thing. That's the whole movie. And having an established actor like that too, it lends a lot of credibility to the movie and like to that character. You're like, exactly. I'm in good hands. I believe in this storyline. Exactly. I believe in where this movie's going. And I feel like starting off the movie, like seeing him like in full like panic mode, like about like the arch and like everything about the wedding is like a perfect way to start out the film you completely understand what is happening and what's at stake for these characters like the second it starts and that's a good transition because then we can talk about pk and alice yeah my faves they're so cute (laughs) pk is just like such an eccentric character and just like 
has such a personality and it's like such a distinct sort of comedic presence in this film but it's like so interesting yes. because it's like for minute one he's like lying about being in traffic he's like trying to get out as much money as he can like the one scene where he's like climbing up trying to get cell reception yeah. and then he's incredible. like incredible he's like actually the signal's better down here like <laughs> truly a performance truly a character and then it's so funny because then it's like when he meets alice it's just like this brief moment of her with like the glasses and like running into him and he's mm-hmm. like talking on the phone, I believe. And it's like, he's like, then all of a sudden sort of like, whoa, what was that? Like, there's this moment and you're like, okay, something's being set up here. And then like, it's like when he thinks about her, when he talks to her, he becomes so serious and like, and like also very awkward at times. So it's really interesting to see him play both like this, like absolute clown. Yes. And then like this very like, like lovesick sort of a person it's it's really nice I really like that yeah they're so adorable together and like it really like makes it hurt extra when all his people are like oh she's stealing from this family because you're like no like you guys were so cute together like what's happening and I um was like so sad for them when that happened I I just loved, like, he's such a hustler. Like, he's yes. <laughs> so, like, ridiculous, but, like, I totally buy his character. He's not, like, over the top in a way that's, like, unrealistic. No. And then his whole pursuit of her, like, I wasn't convinced that she would end up, like, going for him, honestly. Like, there's a part I where know. you're just, like, yeah. is he just, like, harassing her almost? Like, <laughs> yes. you're just, like, I, like – you know, it, it takes a minute for you to buy into the relationship, but then when you do, it's like you're all in because they're so like it's just like it's the purest love story in the movie yes. because it's it's kind of like there are no questions to ask. It's just like we want to be together and we're gonna be together. Yeah. And I also just loved that it that they showed kind of like the lower class in India. Yeah. Um like having a love story that doesn't end in like some sort of tragedy or like something like that. It's like they're allowed to be happy and like do this thing like in parallel with like the people that they work for right and yeah and I loved that like honestly they had the happier story of the two right so for sure yeah so it's it's nice to kind of flip that trope on its head plus they I got know. invited to the wedding at the end yeah exactly. and when yeah. he gives her that like heart out of marigold I was like oh, my heart so precious I love so Although I was worried about all those candles in front of him. I was like, if you make one wrong move, buddy. I know. I was like (laughs) very stressed. I was like, this is so precious, but also please be careful. There's a lot of fire. All I could think about was the end of Ma where she like goes up the stairs and all the candles are just precariously like placed on the edge of the stairs. And then it's like, oh yeah, like then the whole house burns down because of those fucking (laughs) candles that had no reason being lit. Like. I know. Yeah. I think that. PK and Alice were like my favorites to watch because they were just like so genuine and sweet and like I love like watching like the beginnings of a relationship like this where you're like oh these people are just like so innocent and like so in like love with each other that it just like makes it so like comforting to watch yeah yeah and I love that like he was just enamored by her when she was like cleaning a dish or like she was doing something in the kitchen like it was like nothing special she was just kind of existing and he was like wow you're incredible and like (laughs) it's so pure to watch that like I loved it and he wants to win her over so badly like he's so awkward with her like when they're trying to like fix 
the electricity being out and he's like oh yeah blown all the fuses and like he's like trying to fix that with her and then like meanwhile the generator gets turned on and he doesn't Mm -hmm. realize that and then she's like oh we don't need to do this we can go and then he's like so embarrassed by that it's like oh i couldn't impress her you're like oh man come on get it together my dude and i loved like the little gestures because isn't there a scene where she like takes water to him and like it's like such a big deal because like they aren't usually offered water or whatever it was just like it was just like nice that like those little gestures of love and affection are like very it's like very specific but you still get it like it's it's very apparent like the emotions behind it Mm -hmm. and there's just such an organic build-up between the two of them and it's like she doesn't say a lot in comparison to him or like a lot of the other characters but it's like you just believe it for minute one that she's like intrigued by him and that she like she sees yeah. something interesting and then you know and then you have that like tension in the middle where it's like she's putting on the wedding jewelry and mm-hmm. then like he sees her and he's enamored by this image of her but it's like his you know his employees are like what's going on she's stealing and he's like yeah. no and he's ready to fight for her and like which is so sweet and even though he does all that for her it's like she's still like weary she's like oh no like I got caught like I'm scared like, I'm afraid they're going to tell people or whatever. And he's, like, trying to win her back so badly. And it's – you just – you feel for them. You want it to work out for the two of them. Yes. I loved them so much. So sweet. Amazing. The best. Oh, and then, obviously, we can go into just a little bit more depth with uh, with the Rhea and the, the Tej and the Aaliyah storyline, um, which, of course, is very upsetting. Um, but done very well and like you never see anything explicitly Um, it's handled so sensitively which I really like um, because a a worse movie would be very upsetting and and much more um, explicit about everything that's happening like at least it would show you in a more explicit manner because they state outright what's happening right but it's never like shown on screen and it, it it's just all heavily implied, but in a way that's there's no question for the viewer. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And it's like so insidious when you like realize when the reveal happens, and then you like think back to like him offering to pay for Rhea's school and like how devious that is, and just like how awful the impact is of that. And it's just like these like small moments, like throughout the beginning of the film like Rhea being so protective over Aaliyah and everything like that. It really just like once the reveal happened, you're like, Oh shit. Like this is so fucked. Yeah. And it's like, this is a moment where it's like the power of casting. Right. Cause like yes. he, like the moment he comes on screen, he kind of just looks slimy and like, yeah. you can't really like place why. And I'm just like, cause it's like everything that he's saying and doing objectively is very nice for the family right and it's like he's offering to pay for her school he's helping out to play for the wedding but it's all like you can sense that there's like underlying like something sinister from him yeah you get bad vibes you get bad vibes exactly and it's like I think like major credit goes to the actor because he is very smarmy and like sleazy (laughs) and like but does it in a way that's like you don't really realize it until later like you just kind of feel like uncomfortable but you don't know why yeah because we're only given like Rhea's reaction to him yeah she's the only one that has this negative reaction to him immediately and you have to like you just know okay she doesn't like him so clearly there's history here there's something that's happened 
but you have nothing else to go off of because like you said he comes across as like this pleasant person who gets along with everyone and is doing nice things for the family and it's like you just know something's bubbling under the surface but you don't know what it is and you don't know when it's going to hit and her reactions to him also just are so important because without that you're not really sure what's happening with these characters and like the way that she is so good at one reacting to him but also just like being very protective of Aaliyah and like really emphasizing like you cannot be alone with him and like like I need to protect her from this situation and like the stuff with like the with him paying for her schooling like it's really fucked up because it's like oh he's like still like holding this this like power over her yes and he knows it and she knows it and there's this unspoken dynamic between the two of them that nobody else knows about yeah and when you're like thinking about it like her reaction in that scene like at first you're like why is this happening and then you're like oh my god like this is just him like being financially abusive towards this whole family like him paying for the wedding the schooling everything like he's just holding this over this family's head so he can get closer and groom more of their younger family members and it's so sad Mm -hmm. yeah it's like exploitation at its finest and and using that financial status to you know like make everyone feel comfortable and and to really just give you this sense of like oh i'm a great guy i'm wonderful look at what i'm doing for you all these favors right and his wife like when they're getting kicked out is like we do like what's happening we do so much for you and it's just like so when he finally kicks tej out you're like thank God that this person is like leaving and like getting his comeuppance because it's like, it's so insidious and so sad to watch. Yeah. And also like when she specifically makes a jab at Rhea being like unmarried and like desperate and that's why she's making this accusation and that's why she's acting out. It's like the lowest. Yeah. Such a low blow. And it's, and, and that's also like the sad thing about, about Rhea is that like we mentioned earlier like everyone's always ragging on her for that and so then it becomes this like sticking point of like Mm -hmm. it's your major fault one because you know we don't see you as this like you know accomplished person if you don't have a husband but also it's like this is what makes you inherently like faulty and and untrustworthy Mm -hmm. yeah um, so let's move on to our next section, aka the my faves, aka Varun. <laughs> the Varun section, as I'm calling it, because he's my favorite. When we are introduced to him and he's like watching the cooking TV show and <laughs> his mom is like, you have to go, you have to go. And he's like, I have to watch the last step. Like I was like, <laughs> I'm already curry. obsessed with this child, already obsessed. He is my favorite. I love him. He's a great character. He doesn't have enough screen time, honestly. No, honestly, I would watch a whole Varun miniseries. <laughs> oh, honestly, he's uh, he's Mira Nair's uh, nephew. Oh, I didn't. Even I did know read that, that in Wikipedia, <laughs> which I was like, oh, I interesting. So, like, she's genetically linked to this legend. <laughs> this tr- legend supporting legends, honestly. Like when they're all like dancing in the house, I just felt like very euphoric. Like I was like, I want to like be in this house like dancing around the living room with them like it just was <laughs> so fun for me to watch he's, he's so great and like like obviously we talked about teen witch like all time like little brother like 
yeah. casting because he is like the most unrealistic like little brother character ever because he's like an old man trapped in like a little boy's body essentially but then this yeah. it's like he's he's also an icon because he's like has you know like some campy like exciting yeah. characteristics but it's also like he's like a real child like this is a real child performance yeah. it's not just like <laughs> not like a character actor performance i know yeah. and he's so endearing and like when they threaten to send him to boarding school you feel so bad for him and you just like want to like give him a hug and be like it's okay it's okay he just wants and to he, dance he just wants to dance and he sells <laughs> it very well he's very good yeah, I think in a movie that has so much going on, it's, like, impressive that they were able to give even a minor character like him, like, depth and, like, a conflict. Yeah. <laughs> like, in yeah. the, like, three scenes that he's in, it's, like, you know, you already know what's going on with him and, like, you root for him and, like, it's very impressive that they were able to do that. Yeah. Also, I love that, like, when he's trying to rehearse with Aisha and, like, Rahul's there and he's, like, watching and, like, obviously, like, the two of them are like horny for each other and they're just like always like yeah just anytime they're in a room together they're just like so just focused on each other and i love that he's like mad at them he's like we're trying to rehearse a dance here like come on like you're he ruining a it for me professional he's a professional he's like i run a tight he's... ship here okay like yeah. we have to get this dance right we have a limited amount of time and then I feel bad because it's like the boarding school stuff happens and he's like, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm not doing it. And you're like, no, that was his one dream. Like he worked so hard on the dance and he's like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And I just, it makes me so sad. <laughs> I just want the best for him. I love him. Also, I, I love like when they're like getting ready for the wedding and he is so over it. Like I really feel like that I've had like many experiences like being a child like at some like family event that I am forced to go to that I do not want to be at and just being like very like oh do I have to do this and he pulled it off so well yeah he also gets like the iconic like I hate you line to the parents yes which is just like always chef's kiss anytime like there's conflict <laughs> between parents and children in movies and TV. I'm like, say it, say you hate them. Yes. Give me a door slam. Like whatever. I love, I love the drama of it all. I love Give that. Give me a door slam. <laughs> Honestly. Same. And then like, obviously we mentioned like the dance rehearsal. So like his story is kind of like loosely connected to Aisha and Rahul's story, which they're two horny icons. They're horny for each other. Horny icons. Oh. They're, they <laughs> they really truly are. are. My brother's name is Rahul, so this is like a little <laughs> suspect for me, but like, okay. <laughs> but I love when we're introduced to him because my another favorite trope is like when the disappointment of the family like rolls up like late to something and like blasting music. Like it happens in like yes. this is where I leave you. Like Adam Driver's character does that at the literal like at the like the Literal, literal grave site. Yeah. And, like, he rolls up not only, like, blasting rap music, but he has a bucket hat on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I thought. Really loved. iconic. A very early 2000s touch. I loved it so much. Um, he's absolutely beautiful. Like, a gorgeous man. Like, you get it. You understand why Aisha's all over that, why she's so interested in him. And okay, I wasn't sure if we were still talking about Adam Driver or... <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't remember the bucket hat, but... <laughs> 
No, I mean, I would have similar sentiments of Adam Driver. I'm going to Photoshop Adam Driver in a bucket hat, literally. <laughs> I was like, I I feel like I would remember an image like that, but. Yeah, okay. for sure. <laughs> Make Especially it like you're friends with me, like I would like be talking about that often. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like you like understand like why she's all like all in on this yeah, guy he's beautiful sure. he's got an australian accent like and then you feel bad for him because he's just always being like diminished <laughs> for oh. his lack of intelligence and like like he goes to the airport and doesn't pick up tej and his wife because he doesn't know who they are he doesn't recognize them and like lies and is like yeah no like i didn't see them and he's like you didn't Honestly, see them Ugh, what a dumb hottie <laughs> he's a himbo legend he is a himbo himbo rights you should start giving himbo. awards to the himbos in every movie himbo awards I, baby yes the himbo legend of the film that's it goes to a new category <laughs> yeah oh my god like we've introduced concepts such as wig jail which is when a wig is really bad Oh, I love um, that. Horny jail, which I yeah. don't think there's, I think there's one instance of horny, horny jail. Horny icon movie. has to be one. Horny icon <laughs> yeah, now Honestly, in like, there's a moment. I mean, I guess, like, when Varun tells them that, like, the betrayal of your erect dick, like, he's sending them to horny jail. But, it, yeah, because it's, like, that scene, because, like, Aisha shows up, and she's, like, sneaking around in the middle of the night in her little pajamas, which were very cute, oh, by the way. Yes. And she's, like, like, and Lalit and like his wife come out of Aditi's room and like and she sees them and freaks out and like jumps like below this like platform this like step down where yeah. Rahul and Varun are sleeping and I was like okay one this reminds me of Parasite when they're like hiding under the, <laughs> the furniture but oh also God. like I'm like oh no like are they gonna make out Varun's sleeping right there like are they really gonna do this and they kind of do I was for a little ready. bit I was ready for it though I really wanted it to Same. happen I was like, oh, no, he's sleeping right there. I was like, can we not get too frisky? That was the only, like, horny jail moment I could think of. I was like, I'm a little worried. Just but like some hand stuff. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. They just <laughs> narrowly escaped horny jail. I'll say that. Like, <laughs> I'm clearly in horny jail. It's fine. Yeah, we all You're are. You're like, I'm putting myself there. <laughs> the new Adam Driver picture yesterday sent me there. So don't worry. We're all there. <laughs> But also, Sky, did you note when uh, I was just talking about her tattoo? Because in that scene, he's like, you have a tattoo? And it's like a scorpion. She's like, yeah, yeah. I'm Scorpio. I was like, oh, yes, of course. Sky's going to yeah, have a field day with this. I, I, I did have a note on that. And I was like, yeah, she is. And that's why she's so horny. <laughs> that explains a lot of things. I'm a Scorpio as well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Rads, you're like absolutely a Scorpio. And Taurus and Scorpio Am are I? sister signs. You're the yes. first person that has ever said that to Rads, me. you are. And that's why we're sister signs. Probably one of the reasons why I subconsciously love you so much. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. We need to do a yeah. deep dive into how yeah, I'm yeah. Scorpio I, I wanna, because yeah. <laughs> no one has ever said that. Everyone is like, you're no, like not a Scorpio at all. You do have Scorpio vibes. People just don't understand Scorpios. That's yes. the thing. Correct. But you are very loyal, very loyal. Scorpios yeah. are hella loyal. But everyone just also, says that we're crazy. And I, I'd like to think that I'm not. No. no, no, no. <laughs> okay, this Scorpio is a conversation for another time. <laughs> you're like, you're, you're part- like giving me therapy right now. <laughs> <laughs> After- Welcome to our podcast, Talking Therapy. <laughs> Through astrology, honestly. Um, After this, I'll do your full chart. Don't worry. (laughs) Perfect. Amazing.
to get back to the movie and a little less astrology, um, their storyline's just basically leading up to like her dancing. And yes. first of all, that scene, I'm obsessed with that scene. Like Incredible. All, of, all of the music and like dance and like everything in this is like so fun. Like it's just I love all those sequences. They could last for hours. But this one in particular, I'm obsessed with. I just won the costume. Love the colors. Love like, she the glitter on her so chest. Good. She looks she amazing. Looks so good. She's a gorgeous woman. And her dancing's great. It's very fun. The energy's great. And I love, like, I noticed the camera was, like, moving all over the place, but, like, in the best way. It felt like, so, like, I think it just accurately captures like the energy of the dance she's doing like you really feel it in that moment and it's like the camera's not static it's not like just a long tracking shot it's not it's like oh like we're moving with her and we're doing you know some some shots from different angles and stuff but like you really get like oh this is like energetic and joyful and fun even though she has to do it by herself until of course you know the one guy jumps in and then Rahul's like no I have mm-hmm. to cha-cha Di Gregorio this. Like, I have to jump in. What a dumb hottie. <laughs> what a dumb hottie. I love him so I much. I love that, like, when she's like, you have to do it with me because Rune won't do it. He's like, this isn't like a club in Melbourne. Like, I can't, like, just dance. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. He's like, I can't dance to this. And I was like, mm, himbo legend. Yes, you can. I support you in all your endeavors. I was so worried he wasn't going to do it. And then when he was like, no, like I have to defend my territory here with the woman that I love. Like I'm hopping in, baby. I love that. And then I love that everybody else finally joins in at the end. And it's just such a joyful, fun yes. sequence. Like, I love and like when so it's raining at the end and everyone is just like dancing and having a good time, it is like an infectious, like joyous moment. I yes. love it. And I, so I literally compared it to like, in my notes, I was like, this reminds me of like rain on me, like literally like the music video, yeah. <laughs> just that vibe. It's like, everybody's dancing. It's literally raining and it's, it's just so joyful. It's like such an, an exciting experience. I love that. Monsoon I, wedding right there. Yeah. Monsoon baby. wedding. The titular monsoon, the monsoon wedding. The titular monsoon shows up. <laughs> the monsoon is an additional character. I mean. Of course it is. What did you think this was? Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's so good. I loved it so much. And I am so glad that Barry Jenkins brought this movie into my life. Me too. I think, like, I get it 100% why he loves it. I think everyone should watch this movie. I think it's a lot of fun. And I think there's something for everybody here. Like, truly. Yeah. Like, even if this movie maybe isn't typically your kind of movie, I think it's like, well, it's got a little bit of drama. It's got a little bit of fluffiness. You know, I wouldn't categorize it as a straight rom-com because, you know, it's not like Nora Ephron fluff. But it has like the lighter souffle sort of moments. And then it has, you know, the darker stuff, but it balances everything really well. You get a little song, a little dance. You get some iconic characters. Like, what more could you want from this movie? Like, truly. It really has everything. Yeah, and now um, I got to order the Criterion DVD because Barry Jenkins has it. <laughs> <laughs> Those are all my notes. Does anyone have any other final thoughts? I don't think so. I'm I mean, I'm going there. off the dome here, so. Yeah. <laughs> Your power, honestly. I could never, truly. For a movie that I like have seen once and like missed a lot of things, did pretty you did well. a great job. Um, would you like to guess Cape Fear or do you want me to guess? You can guess it. Okay. Or can or should we both guess it? Is that a thing? 
Ooh, that could be fun. Like a joint I've... Citizen Kane guess or a joint Cape Fear guess? Cape Fear? Well, I know. Well, I kind of actually I don't remember what Citizen Kane's about, personally. <laughs> yeah, so, I've seen well, it. Let's do, let's do Cape Fear. Let's do a joint Cape Fear. We'll go okay. off the cuff. Okay, let's do it. Obviously, Martin Scorsese remade Cape Fear in 91. Was it um, obvious? Because I didn't know that. Okay. I didn't know it. That <laughs> was more it. to the viewer also, I also or the listener. Know, I also didn't know that it was remade. Like, there's more oh, than yeah. one. <laughs> okay, great. So welcome to What the Plot, where Sky and Monica are going to guess Cape Fear, which we did not know was A, remade. <laughs> <laughs> was a movie in general. <laughs> now, okay, so there's two versions. There's the uh, 1962 version. Uh, directed by Jay Lee Thompson, and then the 91 version directed by Martin Scorsese. Okay. So, like I said, plots are identical in both, pretty much. Uh, there might be some minor differences, but the general overall story is basically the same. Okay. So, I, I'm i assuming this movie takes place like on Cape Cod, right? Oh my god, that's what I was thinking. I was like, it's got to yeah. be a New England mystery. Yeah, yeah, like I think it's got to be like a haunted like hotel or like not Airbnb because Airbnb is <laughs> a bed and breakfast maybe yeah, <laughs> a literal uh, Airbnb. <laughs> just take okay. the air out. Yeah, yeah, so just the B and B, like you know, like a haunted like there's like some murder that happens there or something, and people are and fearful. then there's got to be a haunting, like there's got to yeah. be some some supernatural element because there's fear yes (laughs) you agree with that (laughs) yes absolutely there has to be like there's got to be like a superstition that like the locals know and like some tourists come in and like don't think that it's real so they're like oh we'll stay at this like haunted b&b like it's fine and then they like get haunted alternately it could be like a serial killer on cape cod or some shit also that's a good but one, I, honestly. I don't know. I don't know which way we want to lean on this. I say, I honestly, I think serial killer is a better choice. So I feel like that's, I'm thinking that because Martin Scorsese remade it, I feel like he's more of a serial killer person. Ooh, so look at you using those killer. brains. <laughs> I have some knowledge. All right, maybe. final answer. Okay. Serial killer on a Cape Cod-esque Cape New England town. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I do like the reasoning with the Martin Scorsese thing. Um, I think that makes sense. I understand why you went that direction. Um, I will tell you though, it takes place in North Carolina. So there's that. (laughs) Damn it. Wow. Off the bat. (laughs) Both versions take place North Carolina. Um, It's a neo-noir psychological thriller. So basically the uh the plot is like the one line like synopsis for this movie is the film concerns an attorney whose family is stalked by a criminal he helped send to jail Um, the original stars gregory peck as the lawyer and it stars robert mitchum as of course the man who he sent to jail now uh the the man played by Robert Mitchum is named Max Cady. Uh, he was in prison for eight years for rape. And he tracks down Gregory Peck's character, Sam Bowden, um, 
And he personally holds him accountable for his conviction because he interrupted his attack and testified against him. So then he starts stalking his family and like threatening him and specifically is trying to like get to like his daughter and his wife. And so what they have to do to escape this, they like try and trick him, you know, because they try and get him like arrested and stuff, but he hasn't committed a crime or they haven't caught him committing a crime. So they can't do that. So basically what happens is Gregory Peck puts his family on a boat and is like, I'll meet up with you. You're safe. He can't track you. Um, Of course that doesn't work out. So uh, there's a big confrontation on a boat. boat. I didn't even think about a boat Mm. being part of it. Yeah. I was going to ask, why is it called Cape Fear after all of that? But I guess Cape and water just sort of makes sense. Well, there actually is a Cape Fear region in North Carolina. Coincidentally, I I wonder if it was like reverse engineered and like the writer was like, yes, Cape Fear sounds like a great name for a novel. And then it was like like, Google in 1941. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no you can't yeah i i'm gonna assume the writer heard of cape fear or knew about it and was yeah. like that would be a great title so then he like reverse engineered like oh well cape fear is like a cape so there has to be a boat right i mean this is like me with the african queen not understanding that like the boat was named the african queen yeah and then it was a torpedo boat or something at some point i, really I was like played myself shaken well hey at least you didn't completely like who we were midnight, we though. were in we were in the ballpark. Yeah, we were. I'm gonna give it to us. Genre. We got the genre right. Yeah. We got the vibes yes. right. You got I'm the vibe right. Yeah the the remake stars uh, Robert De Niro as uh, Max Katie, Nick Nolte as the lawyer, and wow. his family, I believe, is played by Jessica Lange and Juliette Lewis. Damn, oh. I guess I have to watch Cape Fear. Who would have and, guessed? Yeah. It's on Peacock. The original is on Peacock. Um, and then <laughs> the remake is occasionally on Netflix and the like. So it's easy to find. Wow. <laughs> Iconic. Well, that wraps up for this week. Radhika, would you like to plug social media handles, anything upcoming you are doing? Sure. Um, follow me on Twitter, at Men and Rad. I'm not doing anything really that cool. So nothing else. (laughs) Thanks for having me. This was super fun. I'm so glad that you were able to join us. I had a great time talking about this wonderful movie. Yeah. And of course you can follow us at blessed pick on Twitter and on Instagram. You can follow us at blessed dot picture. Please feel free to review rate and subscribe to our podcast on apple podcasts as it really helps us out of course you can listen to us on spotify overcast pocket casts pretty much every other platform you can think of and if you like this episode please feel free to recommend us to your friends your family members because we're an independently produced podcast so we're doing this all for fun and listener support and good word of mouth is very important to us so keep this thing going Stay tuned for next week's edition of Blessed Giving. Which will be very exciting because it's a movie that we both really love and are very excited about. So we're very excited for it. We'll just tease that it's a Fosse picture. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
Are you kidding? He's the most Leo child that has ever been a Leo child. Like, no one else can do it like a Leo child. And I hate Leos, so that's a very high endorsement. (laughs) Sorry to my two Leo friends who are listening to this. 